Hello everybody, welcome back to Fasket Rewatch Podcast, and we're up to Season 2, Episode 16, and I am Cantwell Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. I'm in time. Yes, you got I'm here. On time. You got here just in time, just in the nick of time. Just, just in time. Everything is fine, it's all good, nothing weird is happening, it's all great. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, last episode, uh, how could we forget the last episode? Won't get fooled again. That was that was a definitely a diversion from everything else that's been going on. But it was a fun diversion. It was yeah, it was very good. Um, this we're back with the crew of Moya in a more regular setting, mm-hmm. and it's more of more of a typical kind of episode of Farscape, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, still technically, you know, on the run from Scorpius and all that stuff. We haven't quite caught up with that yet. Nope. Um, it's not about that. It's not a lot about Scorpius. No, it's... He makes it, a brief appearance. It's another kind of standalone episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which are fine, but I think... You want more Scorpius! We, we, we just right. want more of, more of the main plot, and I think we will... Like I said, I, I, I know we will get back to it in at least fairly soon, I think. I mean, season's almost over, so yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping. It's true. It's episode 16 of 22, so... I, I imagine like the last chunk will be like, all right, let's get back into things. But yeah. but for today, we're going to be talking about uh, The Locket, which is, like I said, a standalone episode. So yes. let's get into things. And we start out with, uh, well, we start out kind of in media res almost, because Moya is in a stellar mist. Apparently it's very thick, it's very dense. Moya's sensors can't penetrate very far. We actually see it opens on a shot through the view screen of the mist, and it's just like glowing yellow fog Mm. it's a whole thing yeah and john and dargo up in command and john's just like slumped over the console (laughs) looking out of the window waiting for aaron to return yeah because she went out on a long-range recon because my sensors are not working zan has been uh, she's been meditating as well okay so i said at the end of the last episode that we would be meeting up with an old friend yes and we do because uh it's stark He's just standing there. He's, I like that. He's just we're in there. the episode. We're just cutting between shots of faces, and then suddenly we cut to a shot of Stark, and like, uh, uh, well, wait, well, I, do I have questions, <laughs> which get answered real quickly because uh, Sans is like, oh, I didn't expect you to arrive. When did you arrive? Two sailor days ago. Apparently, Sans was meditating. Yeah, and uh, Stark is like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I came back with the transport pod you lent me, and like. Bullshit. <laughs> hey, when you guys, when you guys were escaping, you were retconned. It's retconned. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, you totally let me uh, transport pod. That's how I got off the gamut base. Yeah, and all yeah. That, that that totally that all yeah, happened, and we didn't totally... leave any of that out in the uh, last few episodes of season one. And this all, there's also no important reason why Rigel didn't go with me. <clears throat> Don't worry about it. I mean, that's well. not a problem with this episode. No, it's... It's <laughs> it's just it's all catching up to us again. Like, wait I had theories of what happened to Stark. And it's not... Nothing as interesting as that. And I might still have... No, the theories have been shattered. No, he just, just got on the transport pod and went away. And okay. he's come back now. And nobody ever mentioned him. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, forget about it. I wonder and if it was- they... Ju- I wonder if they just forgot about him, as in the writers were someday like... Uh, probably. I mean... They, whatever happened to Stark? Who? They probably... Oh my god, we never wrote him out! Oh shit! Well, they probably didn't have any plans for him until now. That's fair. And, you know, they left left it open so that he could come back. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, I know who would be great for this. We can bring Stark back in for this episode. Like, okay, ah, let's do that. Brilliant. So anyway, he's here now. Yes. And uh, he he says, oh, I have something important to tell you. But before he can actually uh, get that out, uh, they're off to command, and uh, you know, Aaron's been gone a solid day uh, in this long-range recon, and mm-hmm. you know they're waiting for her to come back. And suddenly we get a signal from Aaron, and he yes. wants to come aboard. And there's an opening in the mist forming ahead of them, and there's a planet down below. And through the opening comes Aaron in a transport pod. Yeah, but... Even as it comes in, you can see it's a bit shaky. Yeah, it's sort of wobbling about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when it comes into the hangar bay, and everyone is uh, waiting there, and the 
hangar doors open. And you can see it looks really battered and weathered and like. Mm-hmm. And Rigel says, "What happened? You know, it must have been in a battle or something." And uh, Aaron doesn't actually step out. So John goes in, armed. Yeah. And inside, actually, it's overgrown with a plant of some kind. Yeah, which I love. Zan says, "No, I gave her." Similar plant, only it was a very tiny, holding up her hands and like ah ah aha. I see what ah, I see what's I going see on. I where this is going. Yeah, yeah, but it's like covered in this stuff, and they actually find Aaron lying face down on the floor. They turn her over, and she's suddenly, for some reason, really, really old. Dun dun da. Mmm. She's actually like what? White hair, wrinkly face. Just seems to have aged. Uh, Many, many years. Many, many years. Many, 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 many years. Point. Yeah. Yes. And but she's telling Crying, like, you must get out of here now. I think that's a title cut, and when we come back well, she's lying down on her bed. But she wants to go back to the planet. The opening won't last long. And her granddaughter won't survive without the transport pod. Pardon? Yeah, her granddaughter. She says she only came back to warn them to get out while they still can. And Crichton's like, you've only been gone for a solar day. Solar day? No, 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 no. I have lived 165 cycles. It's like, I had three sons and I watched them die. And and she's actually kind of freaking out a bit. And she's looking on at Crichton and she says, oh, I forgot how young, how beautiful you were. And, oh, and she... How stupid you can be when you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And she starts just oh, breaking down. And so Stark comes in, and he's like, I can, I can help you. Because everyone's trying to calm her down, it's not working. Mm-hmm. So he just lifts off uh, his mask. Because remember, if you haven't... I mean, it's understandable if you don't remember Stark that well, because you haven't seen him for ages. Yeah. But he's got like a metal mask over one side of his face. And he lifts it up, and underneath is this glowing orange uh, energy on that side of his face, which is calming and soothing. He gives her memories. Yeah, and he's able to calm her down. And so, you know, everybody's still, well, particularly John, is like, no, she's only been gone for a solar day. She's not been gone that long. This is crazy. This is nuts. Zan comes in to say, well, I did all the tests, you know, same DNA, same blood composition. All the tests I've done show that she's aged 165 cycles. And uh, Pilot has analyzed the mist and found nothing. And he looks down at the planet that uh, they can see through the opening, said it's got an acidic atmosphere it's you cannot support life for very long Aaron wouldn't survive one cycle down there so what the hell is actually going on we don't know so then the next scene is uh, actually Rigel and Chiana going into Aaron's pod let's see if she if she brought anything back there might not be any honor among thieves but there is friendship among thieves <laughs> and she then Rigel's like you're not going to steal it are you oh you're worse than me I like that oh <laughs> And then uh, Dargo comes in raining on their parade. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what Dargo does. Yeah. He comes in, he's like, Chiana, get out of there! Look, go look after Aaron. Why, why do I always have to do that? She says to him, he's like, well, you know Aaron, you know, better than I do. Yeah, why don't you go look after her? But he says that Aaron actually may be dying. She may not have much time left. Yeah. So, begrudgingly, Chiana does go to see Aaron. And Aaron wakes up. Asks Gianna if she'll help Aaron sit up, which she does. Hmm. Points to, hey, could you give me that glass of water? And as Gianna's turned around, she just sedates her. Needle in the neck and then thump. So before Aaron leaves properly, she's going, I mean, she's going to go get back in the pod and get out of there. Mm-hmm. But she goes to see Pilot. Oh. Oh, God. This I like is, this scene. This it's very is, brief, mm. but I like that they put it in there. She's come to say goodbye to Pilot. And Pilot's like, no, I'll... I'll see you again, won't I? And she says, no, Pilot, you won't. I also like the line when Pilot asks her, what happened to you? And Aaron says, I lived, Pilot. Oh, it's actually kind of, it's very sad. And we know that these two have a special bond between them. Yeah. That we've seen over the course of uh, the series so far. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it absolutely makes sense for this to be like its own little scene. So she does manage to get back in the transport pod, goes back to the planet. And I like that that they're like, you let her go to Pilot? And Pilot says, well, 
you're all free to leave whenever you want. I love that callback. It's like, no, <laughs> I can't stop anybody from leaving. Well, yeah, Pilot's not going to do that. Like, he's always going to do, well, almost always going to do what they want him to. Well, not, he's not going to stop anyone. Especially and, not Aaron. Yeah, especially not Aaron. That's true. And so, yeah, she's gone back down to the planet, and Crichton wants to go after her, go get her mm-hmm. back. And Pilot uh, says, well, okay, the mist is harmless. Just make sure you're not on the surface of that planet for very long. He says, I'll be on there for 30 microns maximum. It's fine. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I age a few years. So he heads down there in the transport pod. And uh, he actually lands. We actually do get a nice it's an exterior shot of some deserty areas. Mm-hmm. And all wind stuff. blowing. Yeah, dust storms. And actually, it, quite work, it works quite well with his peacekeeper like trench coat. Blowing, yeah. in, blowing in the wind actually looks pretty good and it's suffering you know there's sandstorms and all that and he finds Aaron and says you know you couldn't have lived here you know this is nuts you couldn't have lived 165 cycles something else is going on it's like I didn't live here on a different planet yeah. you don't know anything you don't know what you're talking about please get back into your transport pod and leave yeah and he's like no you're coming back with me you know, he goes to grab her and then somebody shoots at him. <laughs> it says, hey, I'll kill you if you touch my grandmother again. Yeah, and there's a woman standing a bit away, holding a pulse rifle, dressed in similar similar style clothing as Aaron's. Yeah, basically wearing, time. I guess, I want to say rags, but lo- like loose clothing and like a, yeah. and a headscarf and all that stuff. It, it looks fairly typical for like a deserty kind of area. Yeah, she dressed for the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> But Crichton's been knocked down, and the uh, woman asks him who he is. He says, I'm John Crichton. And she's like, oh, well, then my grandmother wasn't crazy. I wasn't making it all up then. (laughs) Mm. Her own sons even didn't think, uh, thought she was crazy. And her husband didn't think uh, she was right either. (laughs) He says, all my my life, my grandmother talked about a ship. And he said, yeah, Moya. He's like, oh, huh. He says every cycle, Aaron would come back to this planet, come back here to this spot to see if Moya had returned. Yeah. And I love that he's like, no, 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 that can't be. She's been gone for only a day. Yeah, I saw her yesterday. And uh, the woman says, well, I'm her granddaughter and I'm 24 cycles old. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what? No. Um, Aaron actually has actually woken up now at this point. So, she says that the opening in the mist only lasts for four arms. Yeah. And so if you want to get out of here, you have to go now, otherwise it won't open for another 55 cycles. Yep. So you have to go back. If you have to come back, come back in eight arms when the uh, mist opens again. Yes. Don't get trapped here for 55 years. Then we go back to uh, Moya with uh, Chiana and Dargo. Mm-hmm. And Chiana's like, well, why did Aaron spike me? Why did she knock me out? But Dargo doesn't know. But he apologizes. He said, I'm sorry for embarrassing you in front of Rigel. Because Chiana's like, yeah, what was that about? And, she, and he says, you know, you're one of us now. You, you don't need to act like you're not. And she's like, well, I do what I want. Yeah, I'm not going to you, change. You're not, you're not going to change me. Mm. She, and I like Dargo's line responses. Like, yeah, I'm just starting to realize that. Yeah, because she says to Dargo, like, huh, you are pretty straight, aren't you? Meaning, like, you know, he's by the book kind of guy. Yeah. Clearly, it's now apparent that he thought he could try and change Chiana and, you know, take her away from the stealing and lying and trickery and all that stuff. And, you know, try, trying to make her, I guess, trying to make her more like him in that respect. Trying to show her that she doesn't have to be the stealing person anymore. Yeah, that's true, actually. You don't need that's to do what, that. That's what I mm, thought mm. he was doing, whereas she's like, it's not about not having to do it. It's about wanting to do what I want. Yeah, and you're not going to change me. It, and, and she says, like, we're not going to make it, are we? Yeah. Referring it's, to their relationship. Yeah, so there's a little bit of tension coming between those two. Mm-hmm. Cracks forming. Yeah, I mean, moving it beyond, like, a physical thing then there seem to be some issues turning up. I like that they are actually, you know, developing this. And I hope they don't just break the relationship. Hmm. They work on it. Yeah, relationship requires work. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, and I mean, hell, we've seen that from most of the relationships that happen in this uh, series, even like, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, especially Eren and Crichton. 
Yep. Like that's not been easy. That's not been like, no. oh, they mm -hmm. fall in love and everything is okay. Oh no. <laughs> we had an entire three part episode that was basically about that. And now that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because that's always something I find annoying in movies, but also in series, that it's like the whole build up to a relationship and once they are finally in a relationship, that's also the end of every of, of the story. It's like, okay, we're done, they're together. It's not interesting to see a married couple work through their Differences right, and yeah, everything. yeah, it never goes beyond that, I know what you no, mean. so rare. That's why I liked uh, Firefly. Yeah. Because it has a married couple from the start. I guess we'll see then. And we have several different things that, that could happen with Chana and Dargo, Eren and Crichton. We will see. Alright, so, back to the plot. Back up in command, they're talking to John over the comms as he comes back up towards the opening uh, in the transport pod. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I met Aaron's granddaughter, she wasn't lying. She wasn't not something else. Something is going, is going on here. And Pod hits some turbulence, probably from the mist or whatever. And Pilot says the hole is closing. Crichton, you've got to get back in now. And he's like, I'll be fine. I'm coming. And he he goes in and he goes in and and of course, of course, the of whole course. Thing. I mean, what did you expect? The yeah, things would be fine. No, no. The planet disappears from pilot senses. They tell Crichton to break. Actually, they tell Crichton to break entry because yeah, they're like he's not going to make it, and he doesn't. He's stuck on the other side. There's mist is gone. Opening is gone. Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. All right. So now back up on Moya, we actually see uh, Zan meditating, mm -hmm. but uh, Stark has come to visit her, and he sort of interrupts. Like he's actually kind of not really bothered by her being naked when no. a lot of other people. Uh, kind of are. He's <laughs> like, okay, yeah, you're naked. It's like, yeah, Can sure. we talk? Cool. What's up? And uh, he has a plan, or rather he has an idea about uh, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So he says that uh, there was an ancient who theorized of things called center halos, mm -hmm. where time and space kind of get mixed up and time ceases to exist. Yeah. And uh, we, he thinks Moya may actually be stuck in one. That's what the mist is. That's what all of the stuff is. And he says, like, if we can join spirits, I've heard that Delvians can sense the time continuum. Zan's first response is like, well, your mind could overwhelm me. I mean, Stark probably has a lot of memories in that head of his. Yeah, and we know that he's got strange, freaky powers and yep. glowing and, light under his face. And I, d I do like that Stark says, yes, that could be an issue. Yeah, that could happen. But Zan still seems excited to try this. Well, she says that um, sensing the time continuum is something Delvians can do, but it's one of the things that they are always striving for. It's like the top you know, level of uh, meditation or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's not something they can do easily. Um, so if they join together, they may be able to see if no time exists. So if they can sense the time continuum and it's not moving, yep. <laughs> I think that's how that works. But uh, so they Imagine go. Imagine a really big clock. <laughs> <laughs> so they do it. Okay. So they grab. They put their heads together and put mm -hmm. their hands together. Literally heads together. Yeah. No, that, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Boom. So they start doing the mind melding process. Mm -hmm. And okay, so they actually start to experience some pain. We get some close-up shots of them with things mm -hmm. whirling around them. There's a bright light coming from between the two of their heads. And uh, it's shaking the room. Yeah, and then we see a cup of water that actually Stark brought in shake yeah. off the table and fall. And, and then mid-fall, everything freezes. And yeah, the cup freezes for a brief second and then crashes to the floor. Pilot comes over the comms and says, Hey, what what just happened? Moya's readings just went all over the place. Yeah, at this point, Zan and Stark have broken yeah. head contact. Yeah, Moya's readings went off the scale, then everything froze for a micron. So it sounds like what Stark said was true. But before we can go any further with that, back down to, well, not to the planet we saw through the opening. No. To a nice sunny planet with trees and grass and things. Yay! And clearly this is actually where Eren has been living the whole time. And uh, it's Eren and her granddaughter, Enix, that's her name. Phoenix. Yep, and they're planting trees, and mm -hmm. uh, we look. We actually see off a bit further away from them is Crichton, except it's older Crichton. Despite only seeing him from the back, 
slightly posture and the coloration of his hair indicates that he's he's a bit older. Yeah, a few and, cycles. And he's also wearing different clothes. He's wearing something similar to what Aaron is wearing. Yeah, similar kind of old people clothing. Well, no, not old people clothing. Not exactly. No. But uh, I mean, even just that changing costume to something that he's not worn before. That's like another indicator that okay, he's something. Time has passed here, yeah, like a lot of time. Exactly. And um, they're saying, "Oh, I thought he was getting better. He was happy for a few cycles, because I mean, he's just staring off into the distance." And they say, mm-hmm. "You know, something must have reminded him of the past." Dionyx is asking Aaron, "So, well, you never seemed unhappy." This is like maybe I hide it better. <laughs> yeah, and they said we tried to make Crichton happy, but he's always been stubborn and. I like how casually they throw the word cycles around. It's like, he was happy for a few cycles, but then uh, something must have reminded him of home. Yeah. Give him a few more cycles, he'll turn around. <laughs> like, excuse me? Cycles are years, not days, people. Yeah, I mean... Ah, give him a few years, he'll be fine. We know that Aaron already has aged 165 cycles before even this happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly peacekeepers live a lot longer than humans Ooh, yeah. do. So, it's cycles probably mean a little bit less. You know, yes, maybe. But uh, what Crichton is actually doing, he's walking. He, by the way, now Crichton is actually extra southern. Yeah. In his accent, <laughs> he's like, "Oh boy, yep, 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 walking." And uh, actually, uh, something we haven't mentioned, I should mention, is the makeup that they use uh, on both Aaron and Crichton to make them look old. Yeah, and very good. It is very good. Um, sometimes, I mean, I've certainly seen this happen with other shows where they're like okay we're gonna age these characters up because of something and it just doesn't look great and usually it's around the eyes and you can see that they still look young this uh, that that was something i noticed that is that is also still here their their eyes are clearly still young yeah but i don't know if you can if there's a way to do that no i mean contacts at best i mean what i mean usually is they they only give like a few lines under the eyes or something, but they actually just huh. got like, you know, full on. Uh, obviously, they're both wearing grey wigs and they've got like lines everywhere, and it's a really great makeup job. That yeah, it works pretty well. I would say it works pretty. It well. works pretty well. I think they went as far as they could. Yeah, without it being completely over the top, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, what Crichton is doing, he's walking along. He's got a walking stick. Well, it's yeah. it's actually it's just a stick. <laughs> any any stick can be a walking stick if it's sturdy enough, Hat. That's true. And he's walking along, he's talking to Scorpius. Or rather, I guess Harvey, not yeah, actual Scorpius. It's Harvey. I still need the knowledge uh, that's locked inside your brain. It's like, no, you ain't getting anything from me, Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> he's full old man, as you said, more southern accent. He's like, I'm staying here <laughs> forever. <laughs> and you're just done. And, and Inix behind him says, uh, talking through the visions again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, oh, the line. Oh, he's bitching again. <laughs> oh, he's gone now. Yeah. Inix, by the way, looking barely a day older than the last time we saw her. Grandma's DNA doing its work there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that is odd, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, John's aged 55 years. I Inix, think it's, yeah, also, roughly. But... Yeah. It's 55. Right. I, I know exactly. It's exactly I mean, around I 55 at this point. Oh, it is at this point. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll explain at the end why because I've calculated this whole system. They thought oh, about God. this. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we go back to Moya now, and uh, Zan and Stark have actually gone to tell everybody else what happened, what they were doing. Yeah. So they say, okay, Erin definitely aged as she said, and you know, did you feel that like uh, recently, just now, what happened? That, Rigel says, yes, my chair froze. I was frozen in midair. And yes, we stopped moving, but we were still conscious. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So rather than everything through the opening, you know, on, on Aaron's side of the stuff, rather than that time passing there in, at an accelerated rate, what's actually happened is Moya getting stuck inside the halo has slowed down time for them. Yeah, there's some moving far slower so actually in the real world outside of everything actually several hundred cycles have passed now yeah and they're like wait jothy scorpius everybody else is old now yes yeah and i saw that um i just the look on dargo's face is like wait everyone's old and dead and 
Uh oh. Oh no. I don't want the geriatric son. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, we have to get out of the mist. And Pilot says, well, it's hardening. We can't move. <laughs> Sorry. I just had the image of Scorpius in a wheelchair. I was like, I need to get <laughs> Hello, John. How are you? <laughs> Hello, John. <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about? <laughs> yes, but uh, okay. I want to talk about this scene. So this is this might end up jumping ahead in the plot, but as soon as this scene happens, if I feel like a lot of the audience know what the resolution is going to be, yeah, because we see that you know every also oh, 165 plus you know so, well 200 or more cycles have now passed outside of the mist. Yes. Which means all of the stuff that's happening, you know, Crace, they say, Scorpius and Jothy, everybody is dead, everything has doesn't matter anymore, they're all gone. So, once that happens, you're like, oh, so everything is going to be reverted at the end of the episode. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's... it's I I mean, I've rarely I mean, seen episode, uh, series where they pull this and stick with it. Eureka was one of them. Yeah. Where at some point they go back in time, they come back. To the regular time, but because of minor changes they made, their timeline is different now. Yeah, and they don't switch switch back. That's the rest of the series is in that mm. slightly altered timeline. Because what I was expecting was that everything on the other side of the mist, uh, where you know Aaron was living, I was expecting things to be passing faster for them, mm -hmm. because that's also a pretty common sci-fi trope. I mean, I can think of several episodes of Star Trek where they do it. There's yeah, uh, Star Trek. Uh, Blink of an Eye, I think, was a, the Voyager episode. I think Wink of an Eye, one of those two. Where, you know, they find a planet where time is passing faster. And so they do something to revert maybe somebody else. But, you know, it, they end up influencing the culture and all that stuff. But, no, actually, they flipped it in this episode, which is, I get that's an interesting thing to do with that idea. But mm -hmm. what that means is that you already know the ending yeah. by this point of the episode. You're like, yeah. okay, so they're going to hit the reset button on this because there's no way they're just going to end every single conflict in this episode with all that time passing. No. Like, that's... I mean, if they did that, that would be terrible storytelling. <laughs> that would be... That would actually piss me off. It would be interesting. I, I mean, I would admire the... Uh, the balls to do a that. Lot, a, but... lot, a lot of people, a lot of these races live longer than 200 years, so we would get geriatric Scorpius still following yeah, John but... around. Also, I don't think they want their, uh, they don't expect their viewing audience to skip 55 years and suddenly catch the elderly market with a swashbuckling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's also true. So I, I, I can appreciate them doing something different with this, I guess, trope or this idea, but it kind of means that well i know where we're going to end up then yeah we're going to we're going to reverse time and things will be but back to normal sometimes the journey there can be worth it yeah absolutely like i i I'm, at this point i haven't you know watching it back i hadn't actually written it off at this point i was like okay no. so i know how this is going to end i hadn't written it off no exactly it's like okay i know what, how this is going to end but that's not that's never the whole picture yeah. so we'll keep going with this i just think it's a little bit like okay now this actually just reminds me of what we talked about last episode, or talked, uh, in that the audience is now ahead of everybody else. Good point. Yeah. Uh, rather. But that's than... also that's also meta thinking. So yeah, fair. I guess. Anyway, that is true. That is true. Anyway, let's keep moving. Okay, so back to the plot. And actually, quickly before we go back to the planet, they're figuring out their options. They say, mm -hmm. well, if we go, we can leave into the uh, opening. And it will reform in less than one arc. So, yeah. Anyway, back with uh, Aaron and Crichton. Even more time has passed now, I think, because yeah, I the think trees so. that they planted in the previous scene are now fully grown trees. Well, no, not the previous scene. It's seen there. Oh yeah, that. a few scenes ago. But yeah, there's now fully grown trees, and uh, Aaron tells Crichton to come sit next to her. <laughs> I I love this line. It's like. What have you been doing all day? Oh, aside from chasing beautiful women around. The, <laughs> just the two of them there. Yeah. <laughs> well, come sit over here, old man, before you get a heart attack. Old man? You're at least 200 cycles older than me. <laughs> why, 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 did, why does every old person that I try to voice turn into Rigel, by the way? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Rigel doesn't have a southern accent, though. That's true. <laughs> Neither do I. That, that is also true. <laughs> So they're, they're talking about family things, and he says, 
Uh, he thinks Enix's husband is boring. Aaron says, you know, why haven't you given up your past? You know, why are you still holding on to all that that you think you can get it back? And uh, he says, well, I don't want to be a gardener. That's all we do. We just plant things. And I was an astronaut, damn it. And I uh, want to uh, be an astronaut. He wants his old life back. Yeah. Even after all this time. And he, like he says, hope. Yeah, hope is what keeps him going. And uh, Aaron and hope is the only thing that kept him from, he says, quote, doing a kamikaze in the transport pod. And uh, she's actually got, what she's got with her is a locket uh, mm. that uh, Chiana gave to her before she left. And she's actually, I think this was in an earlier scene where she mentioned yeah, it. But it's, anyway, it's, it's mentioned before, but that's but fine. She says that Chiana stole it from the commerce planet <laughs> that they were on last. <laughs> like, I thought you bought it. No, 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 she, no that's Chiana. Chiana buy something? <sighs> no. She told me she bought it, but she really stole it. That's Chiana all over. That's kind of what they say. In it, uh, like, who's in it? Actually, because Erin gets a pain in her chest. Yeah. And um, as she gets goes to get up, the locket falls off. And she uh, picks it up, gives yeah. it to her. Like, who do you have there in there anyway? You know he's in there. Your husband? He's been <laughs> dead for 90 cycles. It's like, no, I don't think it's your husband. I think it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron's like, go ahead, open it. You'll see it's him. The only man I ever loved. And yeah. it's like, nah, um, don't feel like seeing his ugly face. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what they're actually doing now is they've gone back to the barren planet to try and contact Moya. And so he digs out his combat that he's had for 50 cycles, or kept sealed for 50 plus cycles. 55. Yeah. He says 50, it's 55. Old man, old man <laughs> is having trouble remembering. Yeah. Enix is, uh, says to Aaron, like, no, you have to come back with me. Don't go with him. And uh, Aaron says to her, well, I'm a peacekeeper. We're born in space and we die in space. I belong up there if I'm going to die. John is trying the communicator. He keeps trying and not getting any response on Moya pilot has detected the mist opening eventually because again they've been looking like nothing nothing so far no wait mm-hmm. here it is got it and actually they do after a few false starts and a, a long it's several it's quite a while before they actually get any signal through yeah and then suddenly they start hearing each other Crichton does an old man happy dance it's like yeah yeah, we got uh-huh. him. Woo. I found gold. <laughs> Not quite like that, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll come up right away, and so they get in the transport and head back. And Erin sort of collapses a little bit, and she says, "No, I'm, like, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm S- fine. Same old pain. Same old pain." So and, yeah, the- uh, yeah. As they arrive, fly back into the um, into the ship. The hanging bay doors open. The others quickly come around, and sitting there oh. on the stairs is John, cradling Aaron. Mm. Oh, specifically, this... not Aaron, but Aaron's body. Aaron. Oh, this is super sad. This scene. He says, "I thought we could make it back here, but she died on the way back. She's gone, and..." Crichton just breaks down crying and holding her and that's why it struck me because John actually breaks down very emotionally and get and is crying and holding her and just holding her really tight and it's mm-hmm. oh it's actually really effective and really powerful scene. Yep. So yeah, Aaron has died. And that's also, you know, that's another Well, oh, for now she's dead. That's what I mean. Like that's another sign that okay. Fine. I think we, we might know. wrap things up. Yeah. But I mean to be fair they do give this scene the appropriate amount of weight with yeah, uh, no. ev- everybody else reacting, looking shocked. And, and I also liked earlier, yeah. uh, right after the conversation they had down on the green planet, where there were montage with music, them laughing mm. each other, together as old people. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah but Some payoff. They're giving it an amount of weight. They're not just, you know, throwing these scenes away for no reason. No. Um, Not exactly. We'll, we'll get to that at the end. Yeah, because, I mean, we're pretty sure that I mean things are going to get fixed, obviously. Yeah. So, Crichton is explained to everybody, you know, if you go in the opening through the mist, uh, all you'll find is a colony and some planets and nothing that'll make you happy. I'm pretty sure they have stars in that universe. You could probably keep traveling, but okay. I don't know. It's, it's weird, because as, as Stark has mentioned a few times that the halos, the center halos, they mix up time and dimensions and stuff, so it may 
different the, universes. Yeah, so yeah. it may be that the opening doesn't actually go into the rest of the, their universe. It may just be a little pocket thing. or it's Yeah, not... but we did see stars in the background oh, yeah, or earlier. It, that's that's why I was confused about like that. There's a star and there's a star. Or it, or it might not be their universe. It's actually not very clear. I would have liked no. I would have liked them to be more clear about it being, say, I don't know, a pocket universe, not actually I, I'm, outside. I'm, I'm actually okay with them not being that clear about it. This just contradicts with a vision, with a, an image we saw before, that there's several, a whole bunch of stars, because when this uh, portal mm. collapses on John's site, you see a whole bunch of stars in the background. That's true. Like, that's still, you, if that had been either black or a few stars, then I believed it. Yeah, if it is that, then then they, yeah, like you said, they can keep traveling. So it kind of does contradict that in a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like it would have been better if they'd been said, like, it's not, it's a, like, it's just those planets or had been more clear about it, you know? Yeah. So he says, you know, if you go there, that's all you'll find. Not very much. Nothing that'll and make you happy. Not worth it. Trust no. me. He says, I have an idea, though. I got a theory. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a lot of time, time to think about it. He says, if we exit the mist exactly where we entered, we may be able to get back out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how do we do that? I mean, what do we? how do we know exactly where we go? I love this, because yeah. Pilot interrupts by coming over the comms and being like, ahem, ahem. <laughs> uh, Actually, I think my ha- might have an answer to that. We just go backwards. As we've been moving, I think the mist has been moving with us, so we're probably still at the edge. Yeah, I mean that that little bit at the end there with you know Mist has been moving with us. It's like, oh okay, I see what they're doing. I initially thought that Pilot was just being the just super like sassy with them. It's like, how do we get back to where we came in? It's like, um, we we go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> we we go in reverse, guys. It's not that complicated. Yeah, we haven't been going around in circles. But no, actually, yes, the mist has been moving with them. I just have Pilot going, Ahem, I, uh, we just, we just got back. <laughs> I, lo- I love that whole, <coughs> excuse me, may I, may, may I cut in? Pardon? <laughs> Hello? So Rigel's like, obvious, is like, well, why did we just do that? Turn her into reverse. Doesn't actually work because the mist has been hardening. Yeah, so they can't move. No. So they say, okay, well, can't we starburst away? And Pilot says, well, we're not... Uh, Leviathans are not built for reverse starburst. And, and John's like, that's fine. Just you, a tiny little jump backwards. Yeah, if we're, if we're just at the edge, then we don't need to go very far. It's just a hop. And, but Pilot says, well, a reverse starburst could possibly destroy Moya. The other option is to do a short starburst forward to get at, through the opening. Yeah, and John in this case is like, that's not worth it. Trust me on this. That is not. You'll not find what you'll be happy. You won't find anything that'll make you happy out there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's able to convince everyone that it's worth the risk because he says, you know, well, actually, because Dargo says like, I'm with John. I'm not. I'm not going through there. I'm not no. giving up. He's basically. I want to see my son again. He says. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is like, okay, we have to try. So Crichton goes now to see. Well, goes to Aaron. Well, rather Aaron's body, but she's just lying there. And oh, this again is very sad. He's sort yeah, because he's like, I miss you already. Yeah, and he says there are so many people and places I wanted you to see. I wanted you to see. There's a lake in Maine where he went when he was a kid with his uh, family, and mm-hmm. when he was four years old, that's he. They were out there on vacation when they heard that people had landed on the moon and yeah. that's when he wanted to become an astronaut and i wanted to take you there and now i never will oh nee. i i, I kind of would have loved to see uh, I, I this is incredibly nitpicky but this is me as a writer okay air, heavy air quotes writer <laughs> i would have liked it if he had also been here and like hesitated like oh maybe i already told you that story <laughs> just to just to accentuate how his mind is also aged. In these. I guess so, yeah. He seems very lucid for somebody his age. Might be Scorpius doing, actually. Harvey's doing. Maybe. Keep, keeping that... I see, I see what you keeping mean. Keeping it in place. I see what you mean, but yeah, I think... I, I agree that's very nit- nitpicky, and actually, like, mm. it, it works totally fine. It's incredibly nitpicky. Yeah, it works totally fine the way it is. And it is, it's just very sad. It's like, you know, I wanted to show you all this stuff. I wanted to take you to Earth. I wanted mm. to have a life with you, and now I never get that... I never get that chance. You know, I don't get to no. do that. And, and as he tucks her in, 
He finds the locket. Yeah. He opens the locket, and we find out that her husband looked exactly like John. No, that's not what happened, damn it. <laughs> no, but... No, it's, yeah. a pi- it's a picture of John. <laughs> when he was young. Yeah. And we hear over the voiceover, like, go ahead, open it. Aaron saying that. Go yeah. ahead, open it. You'll Inside, you'll find the only man I've ever loved. Yeah, and... Like, okay. Mm, God mm. punch. Yeah, so the knife was in there. Now it's been twisted. Ow. <laughs> All the pain. Uh, <laughs> so, they're now going to try and get out of this mist. Going to do the reverse starburst. We're going to get out of here. Okay, uh, okay, let's do this, people. Yeah, Ooh. because Pilot's like, all right, initiating reverse starburst. So everything starts to shake, and actually everything slows down. Basically, um, Pilot's like, I can't move my arms. Activate starburst from command. They have to do it manually. And Dargo jumps for the button. Stops in midair. Yep, freezes. They still talk for some reason. Well, that's what Stops in midair. we established earlier that um, when the time froze, when Zan and uh, Stark joined uh, their spirits or whatever, everyone was still conscious. Yeah. But it's frozen, and Zan and Stark are like, okay, we, oh God, we only have, there's only one thing we can do. We have to join again and try and keep time going for Crichton. Yeah, because... I love that she also mentions it, but otherwise it would have, the explanation would have been clear. Because Zan and John at some point joined Minds, yeah, they, he's the only person who she could do it for. Yeah, she has that, still that link. That connection, yeah. And yes, yeah, so actually that, that helps that make sense. Of like, why not just do it, do it to Dargo? It's like, no, because they can't actually connect to him. Mm-hmm. So they do that. They you know, put their heads together again. There's all they, you know, yelling again because it's clearly quite painful. <laughs> <laughs> and John hears a voice in his head. It's this. not Harvey for once. Yeah, it's, it's like, John, it's like, Zan, how the hell are you doing this? It's like, you need to go and start Starburst in command manually. You need to get up there, otherwise we won't get out. And I love yeah. his line, is like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had to use it at some point in this Yeah, year, this I love that, you know, John still being... Even old John is still not uh, averse to doing the old movie reference. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fun fact, actually, in uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, that was he said that when they were filming it. He did, you know, deliver the line as that. But when they were doing ADR, which is automated dialogue replacement, uh, which they do sometimes, uh, Ben Browder was asked to replace shit with ship. But uh, they never did. The ship, I'm too old for this shit, is what ends up in the final edit, like on DVD and broadcast. Come on. They had sex scenes a few episodes ago. I know. Suggestive scenes a few episodes ago. He's like, nope. It's not radio. You can say shit. (laughs) It's like we're staying. They're on cable, you know? Right? Exactly. Yeah, you can do what you want. They were on cable. That was the whole point. Yeah, it works way better as well. It's like, I'm too old for this shit. And he gets up and just starts running. Old man running. I mean, yeah, he's not fast. He's an old man. So he's got to try and get there in time. And it's actually like a weird kind of close-up on him with... I think it's pretty clearly on a green screen so that they can show him running through various parts of Moya with some weird effects from, like, the time slowdown. It doesn't work work that well. It's not, work now. it's not super distracting, but it's like I, it is noticeable. It's it's odd. It's yeah, it's an odd choice rather than just literally just showing him running. Yes. Um. Anyway, so he gets to command, you know, just runs in there. He's like, uh, and just makes the leap for, or just reaches over, hits the button, reverse starburst, starburst backwards. Really cool looking, by the way, as it just. She dissolves, and then uh, a line goes back out of the mist, yeah. and she reforms on the other end. Yeah, and so it worked, but here's the thing. It worked because it reversed them out of there, and it reversed time, so they're back at the moment just before they entered the mist. Get bent, causality! <laughs> Choke on that, causality! <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so Crichton is asking pilots now, hey, what's that thing? It's like, it's some sort of stellar mist. It's like, should we go inside? Crichton says, oh, it's a good place to hide from the peacekeepers. GM's like, I don't think it's a good idea. And then uh, Aaron's like, oh, it's okay. I'll go in on a long-range recon. Be fine. 
and uh, and grabs the plant, a little tiny plant in the pot. And said, "Oh, there's something Zan gave me for my headaches." And then we cut to Zan's face. She's meditating. She opens her eyes, and she's like, "Oh shit! No, 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 no!" Like, nope, 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 nope. And uh, but she runs out of her quarters, runs into Stark, who also has had the same. Uh, reaction. Like, do you remember everything? Yes, we need to move. Okay, go. Because <laughs> it's like these frowning comms aren't working. And so they run up to command and like, don't go in the mist. Trust yeah, me. Stop don't... the acceleration. No, don't go in the mist. And they're like, wait, you're young. It's like, Stark turns yeah. around and sees Aaron. He doesn't say, but I think, you're not dead. <laughs> and they, 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 yeah, so they've slowly realized that only Zan and Stark remember what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zan's like, like um, we had a vision. Don't vision. go in there. Great danger in there. And Chan's yeah. like, see, I knew it. I was right. I, I also felt something. <laughs> so like, okay, let's go around the mist. We'll go around it. And so Zan says to Stark, he's like, well, how is everybody young again? And how do we remember? And yeah, he's like, well, when we went back out, we basically went back to the point before we entered the mist, so they have nothing to remember. Yeah. But how do we remember? Well, we were joined at the time, so I guess we were a loophole. We were, you know, spirits were shared, we were sensing, well, they were, I guess, sensing the time continuum kind of deal. It's, you know, they were messed up, mixed up in all of that stuff. So it's, you know, I buy it, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It's like, what about Enix? Well, there's the idea that in in the center halo that they're, uh, our universe splits in the different universes and different choices and everything. So probably she's still somewhere mourning her granddaughter. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's better than non-existence. Yeah, you know, just something. Yeah, yeah. I'll take mourning the loss of loved one over non-existence any day of the week. And that's the thing. I like they leave it a little ambiguous rather than oh, all that stuff that happened with all these other people that uh, that uh, was undone as well. And yeah. Like, because then you've just you know wiped out off all these people who didn't really I guess didn't really deserve it. Yeah, it wasn't anything to do with them. It wasn't their fault. Again, this is something that comes up in these kind of episodes. Mm-hmm. Of, and I'm uh, glad sci-fi. that they go with this explanation. Yeah, like, yeah. it probably still happened. It's like uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Exactly. They leave it up in the air a little bit. I was like, okay, well, we're the only ones who remember. And uh, now it's like, okay, so that's all sorted. Great. That's fine. Stark is like, great. Now I can finally tell Dargo why I came here. Yeah, because <laughs> he hands him a tube, and Dargo opens it, and in there is a picture yeah. of someone who Young. looks. He has characteristics of Luxon. At it... which point, I'm like, I know who this is. Oh yeah, like as and soon it's... as we see this picture, I think the audience is knows yeah. who this is. And he he he's looking all moody. I'm like, oh shit, the kid's gonna be an emo. Uh, oh, listen, I he... know where this is going. Well, I, I assume he gets his moodiness from his dad. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is Dargo's son. He's it's... apparently being traded as a slave. Yeah, and Stark knows you know, where it is and when it's happening. It's, you know, it's Jothi. Is, he says it was listed on the manifest as Jothi because he shows Dargo the picture and Dargo's like, who is this? Because remember, Dargo hasn't seen his son for a very long time. Yeah. And she's like, well, it said on the manifest for this auction that it was Jothi, your son. And it's like, Dargo leaps onto Stark and starts throttling him. It's like, you knew! Why did you, Why didn't you tell me? You could have told me two days ago. And he's just so mad at him. And and, and Zan stops him. He's like, Dargo, he wanted me to be awake. Dargo, goddammit, let him go. Yeah, he wanted Zan to be awake probably because of this. Exactly. <laughs> You know, need someone to calm Dargo down, and she. she and I, I like that she's like Dargo, Dargo, and then eventually he's like authoritative voice. But I then, love that. but then more softly she's like Dargo. You we need, still have time. Still have time. We, it's in two days. We can find him. We can we can get him back. And so Dargo eventually like relents and sort of lets Stark go, and he says, "I'm." He actually apologizes straight away, which is yeah. nice. He says, "I'm sorry about that." And he, he seems very out of it, distracted. He yeah. I imagine him having <clears throat> trouble breathing. Yeah, and he says, you know, we have to go. We have to find a way. We have to I, get my I son need, back. I need, I need to find my son. What's well, like, the thing? I think he's in, he's in shock. Yeah, probably. Because not only does Stark know where to find his son, 
you can get in there in two days. Like suddenly, after having searched for ages, and probably like right now, we know that they're trying to evade Scorpius. They're just—it's kind of—it's there. It's his motivation, but it's kind of in the background for him. And suddenly, it's and suddenly inc- like, hey, it's incredibly close, right in his face. Like two days, you might see him again without any, without him expecting any of that. Yeah. So yeah, he's absolutely in shock from all of that, and that's why he leapt on Stark. And now he's like, we have to find my son. Yeah. So, oh, all right. I think, okay. I, I think good acting from Anthony Simcoe here. Oh yeah, very good. And I think that's where we're going next. We'll see. Anyway, there's one more scene before we finish the episode, mm-hmm. and it's Crichton and Aaron, and they're in the maintenance bay, both working on something. Crichton looks at Aaron. He's like, "Hey, I got this feeling. Did something happen between us?" And She's like, "No, I don't think Maybe. so. I, you know, if something happened, I think we would remember." Yeah, you're right. It's it's nothing. It's nothing. Hey, what you working on? That locket Chiana gave you? Yeah, it's fused shut for some reason. I can't open it. Mm. She pries it open and there's just dust. shards. Just like bits of dust in there. Whatever is in there has disintegrated. And she yeah. tips it out and it falls down. We actually get a close-up shot of that and a twinkling noise. And it's like, so did the locket stay what it, with what it was? I'm, I don't know. I think the picture disintegrated as yeah. they went back in time. I think John had a sl- John and everything on him. He had the locket at the time. Had a slight oh yeah effect because mm. he remembered slightly in the locket apparently. But yeah, oh, that might be right. Only dust remains of the life not lived. Ooh, it's good. I like that. <laughs> How long did you spend writing? <laughs> uh, the first three words, "Only dust remains," I had written down in my notes. The other three, <laughs> I just made up. Good. Very nice. Well done. And they're like, oh, huh? And they actually look at it falling. And then they look up at each other. There's a look between them. I'm not entirely sure, yeah. Yeah, it's ambiguous. It's like they share this kind of look of like, wait, it's a little bit knowing, a little bit what happened. They're getting, they're pretty close. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's all that tension and all that that stuff that's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's that kind of look of, hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the end of the episode. Yes. So remember how I mentioned about that they thought this system out? Oh yeah. The time time wise, because she mentioned uh, the portal opens every eight arms for their perspective. Aaron had eight hundred and sixty-five cycles, and she'd be gone a day. So each time the portal opens after eight arms is fifty-five cycles on the other end. Ah. Eight arms on one hand is sixty-five cycles because it's three times eight is a complete cycle, which is. Uh, in total, 55 times 3 comes to 165, so it all neatly fits together. Nice. They they thought that out. That's good. I had somebody with a calculator and a piece of paper. <laughs> like, okay, I got this. Let me let me let me calculate. <laughs> That's like the last we last thing we want is some nerds just telling us we got it wrong. <laughs> well, in this case, a nerd's telling you you got it right. Hey. All right. So I think overall, I did enjoy this episode. It's funny, I there is something about this episode that I really don't like, and I can't put my finger on it. Well, I mean, I think the problem is is that, again, the problem with these kind of episodes is, I mean, things get reverted. We have that Zan and Stark remember everything, and we have that Yeah, little, but in the grand scheme of things, nothing mattered. Yeah, we have that little tease between Aaron and Crichton. Maybe they do remember something, but that's right at the end, and that's like... Uh, not yeah, clear. I'm, I'm could, pretty sure it's not going to be brought up. That could, yeah, exactly. Series. That could go either way. So overall, uh, the only progress we've actually made in the overall story is finding Dargo's son and mm-hmm. going to find it, which is a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's still just. I know what you mean. It's one there's of those... something that's bothering me about this episode. It might be the fact that I again I think, and again I'm not sure if, if this is fair that they didn't earn the time skip. Because it still it still feels like not that much time has passed. It's it's difficult to do with these things to try and yeah. to try and get that balance of making I mean, it feel like time passes for one group, not for the other. I'm thinking of uh, I don't know if you know this episode, the final episode of Stargate SG One. Have mm. you ever seen that one? Yeah, I know what you mean. They do a similar thing where they're basically in that whole time. Uh, they, they grow all together on yeah, a ship, yeah, and then reverse it at the end. 
Oh, for I know the but, one. For everybody but Teal'c. I remember way. that. Yes, I do remember that episode. Yeah. I do like that Teal'c remembers everything. Yes. He just gets... He, he has a longer <laughs> lifespan. Yeah. But for some reason, that works better because there's a complete focus on the relationships with, between these characters. Yeah, I right? think... In this case, they have to switch between... Aaron and John, yeah. and the whole crisis on the ship, and I think that might be a weakness. I think you're. I think in comparison to that SG One episode, yeah, it's because it happens to everybody. Yeah, and so everyone, it, it's not. Yeah, there's no distract. There's nothing distracting from those relationships. Yeah, you you don't have. Well, it's it's more that they're they're. Uh, what's the right word there? It's more cohesive because they're all. It's all happening together, and you're not cutting between two different things with a time skip happening on one side not on the other mm-hmm. it's i think i think that for me the episode still works but i i definitely can see that i can see the point that it works better if everyone undergoes the same things together yeah, it's... because then you don't have that uh don't have that problem yeah i know again there's something about this episode that i don't like and i can't vocalize it and that really annoys me mm. yeah i will say like Again, the uh, the things to there are some good things to praise, like the oh yeah the emotional scenes that we do have between uh, Crichton and Aaron are actually really good. They're really well done. Mm-hmm. Just great acting from Ben Browder and Claudia Black, as always. And I don't think it feels like it's a little bit like oh okay they've spent this long together, but I think because the whole time, like the story on Aaron's side is that she had a, another family with somebody else mm-hmm. that. Uh, Really, Crichton's feelings or relationship with her hasn't. I mean, it has developed obviously in that all that time, but not hugely. So it's like the feelings that he's that he has for her and all the stuff he says is mm-hmm. stuff that I could see like present younger Crichton actually saying coming out. That might that might be it. There isn't like a jarring thing of like, oh, his thoughts or his relationship with her has changed that much. He's just actually opening up about it because he's got old. Yeah. That's I and I actually quite I like that because that stops that from being like wait what why does he feel that like that yeah otherwise you skip over a lot I get I yeah get and I mean the problem is that like everything gets reverted at the end and really only Zan and Stark remember mm-hmm. so any of the growth that they did kind is, of gets un- is undone yeah, yeah. but is- we do we do have the whole Jothy thing so I'm glad that this episode has some effect on the greater grand yes, story. Yes, that always helps. Yeah. Um, so, what I, would you give it? I would give it three. I would put it in the middle. I have to go with two, but I can't, yeah. I can't vocalize why. I'm That's, sorry. Yeah. I find that very annoying, mm. but there's something about this episode that just, just doesn't some, sit with me. Click with me. Something's just, just not all falling, it's not all falling into place. No. Okay. That's, that's fine. I mean, I, I can understand why that's frustrating. Well, <laughs> Also, I'm impressed that you didn't bring up the whole fact that if time slowed down, a whole lot of these things didn't wouldn't be able to happen. I, like, you can't stay conscious. Uh, yeah, it's some kind of weird... Listen, eventually you end up... Fudging the rules. Yeah, because... Yeah. I mean, sci- Farscape is not hard sci-fi. No, that's true. It's right. f- squarely in the soft sci-fi, sci- science fantasy kind of camp of, of shows. So it doesn't bother me that much. It's a weird extra dimensional thing so mm. who knows yeah. so this comes up a lot in sci-fi in general it's like i don't mind if you screw with the rules of physics if you make something up like here's this yeah uh, that's fair. center halo that has these weird dimensional properties and it's when you screw with physics that we know about that i get that, that it bothers me fair enough <laughs> also you mentioning science fantasy the party just got a wizard oh yeah Stark. Yeah, yeah. They, I already, guess so. they already have a cleric, so he can't. That's be true. Cleric. Yeah, and he doesn't have a god he prays to. I think. No, no. All right, so we got a wizard now. So wait, hang on. Sweet. Who have we got? We've got Zan is the cleric. Stark is a wizard. John. Yeah. We said John was the bard, didn't we? I I still think Rigel's the bard. Okay, Rigel's think, the bard. I think John's the no no. Chiana's the rogue. Yeah. Okay, so Chiana's a rogue. Uh, Dargo is the barbarian. Yeah. Aaron's a fighter. Aaron's a fighter. John is more like a... I think he's a bard with a few levels in something else. 
Ah, no, I know what he is. He's an artificer. Yes, of course. He's an engineer and a scientist. Yep. Yeah, right, there you go. He's an artificer. <laughs> so we finally got a wizard. This is like, <laughs> okay, so Stark was like, oh, hey, I can join this uh, group. And they do this adventure at the end and they're like, oh, wait, no, I have this thing. Um, I can't join for the next few sessions. Yeah. And so now he's finally back. He's like, okay, I can, I can be here. He's like, oh, we'll just write, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you came back. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a plot. You came back with a plot hook. <laughs> I'll tie you into the group, actually. It's be interesting. Anyway. All right. Uh, so do we want... What's up next week? Okay, so next week is episode 17 called The Ugly Truth. After a Placavian ship, I don't think we've met that okay, before, fine. Uh, is destroyed by Talon. Ooh. They get put on trial. And so during their testimony, their story of meeting Talon and Crace is told from a number of perspectives. Interesting. So it's kind of a, it's another legal episode. So I think we're going to see the Litigarans again. I don't think so. I think it's a different group of people this time. Ah, <laughs> that's probably best actually. Yeah. All right. Nice but anyway, they're, they're going back on trial. I I like the, apparently it's going to be the same, but from a bunch of different oh, perspectives. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. What okay, happens. I can't wait for next week. Also, Talon and Chris. Yay! Finally. All right, so we will talk about that episode next time on the Fast Get Rewatch podcast. And thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to find us, you can find me on Twitter at Cartmorehats, Reds at Vidalkin in Tree. Yes. Go to Cartmorehats.co.uk for previous episodes, other projects. And you can also find links to the Cartmorehats Patreon, patreon.com forward slash which supports this and all the other projects. So. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and goodbye! 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 Oh, oh, Red, I forgot to mention, um, while we've huh? been recording this, we've actually been trapped in a center halo, so I think about 200 years has passed on the outside, so everyone you know and love is dead. Wait, my interest rates on my bank accounts! I'm rich! Hey. Oh.